Keith Koo has suffered a family loss and will not be interviewing Brock Pierce today. The Brock Pierce interview will air in next week's show. Today's show is 42 Accelerate with Josh Trujillo of 42 Silicon Valley. 42, a completely tuition-free, college-level and above computer science education, now has a 42 Accelerator. Keep listening to learn more about the School 42 Accelerator. Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, I have returning guest Josh Trujillo of 42 Silicon Valley, uh, and he'll be talking about 42's new accelerator. I also have a bunch of tech news stories as well as cyber news stories, so don't go away. So first up in this week's tech news, if you happen to be an executive in a new report released by Verizon's Data Breach Investigations Group, you are 12 times more likely to be the target of a social media hack or a social breach than in years past. And the reason why is that as hackers become more sophisticated, they realize that executives are likely to be transaction approvers as well as the emails that employees or partners will immediately jump at. So this just is a reminder to always stay vigilant. Salesforce.com, the world's leading customer relationship management software, they announced that they have almost fixed a permissions issue. And without getting too technical, uh, they had a problem in a database that allowed um, unauthorized people to get access to potentially sensitive information. Uh, they were very slow to report this incident, and as much as that sounds terrible, there's a lot of been talking about the ethics around this case because they had feared that by disclosing too much information that hackers or even insiders would be able to exploit that information. By now, you might have heard that the U.S. is going after Huawei. The administration has pretty much blocked Huawei from doing business in large part in the United States. This also affects Google's Android operating system for mobile phones, which is going to really impair Huawei's ability to sell their Android devices. This actually opens the door for Xiaomi, another Chinese uh, device manufacturer, as well as Oppo and a couple of Korean suppliers as well. It's yet to be seen what this impact will be on Huawei's future sales. And in last news item for this week, there is a university in Northeastern that now requires graduating computer science majors to take improv acting classes to round out their education. Um, They said that there was a lot of hysteria and crying when the students learned they had to do this. But it was all in the sense of making them a more well-rounded student so they'd be prepared for the real world. And that's the news of the week. Welcome back to the show. Once again, I have returning guest Josh Trujillo of 42 Silicon Valley. Hi, Josh. Hey, Keith. Thank you for having me on again. Thanks for being here. And I think it'd be great to reintroduce what 42 Silicon Valley is, so I'll mm-hmm. start. There is a French billionaire, Xavier Niel, who started Ecole 42 or School 42 in Paris. Mm-hmm. 
and it is a completely free college level and above coding academy. So everything about 42 is completely free, tuition free, and if there's an available bed in the dorm, the dorms are free. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Absolutely. And what was really great is that uh, when the team decided to choose the second location outside of Paris, uh, we had done a show last year talking about that journey. And as you can download any of uh, Silicon Valley Insider's podcasts, we've done several shows, so you can look up 42 Silicon Valley Disrupting Engineering Education. Um, It's been quite a journey because later today we'll be talking about what you're working on, which is the Accelerate program. But what else, because you're a student of 42, Mm -hmm. what else can we talk about that is really makes 42's experience so unique? Wow, we I mean we have really a lot going on right now. It's been an exciting, you know, last really couple of years. As you kind of covered earlier, we're completely uh, completely free project-based education. And so because of that, you see a lot of just really cool projects coming out of 42. Whether that be, you know, uh, through Accelerate, which we'll talk about later, we have a robotics lab that's building out some really really awesome projects right now, as well as, you know, we've been collaborating with a lot of community partners through a Build the Bay hackathon where we tried to help, you know, local nonprofits build projects. Um, as well as uh, more recently, we did a local chapter of Call for Code, which is IBM's kind of global initiative to really focus on uh, solving problems around natural disasters and other prop- and other really social good problems. Yeah, that was really exciting. Uh, last mm-hmm. year, we held the first Call for Code with mm-hmm. IBM, the Linux Foundation, hosted the first North American one was here in um, 42 Silicon Valley. We had the Fremont Mayor Lily May as well as the Fremont Fire Department. And I think what was really great about that event is Wilderness Patrol, who we'll talk about in a in, in a little later in the show. Wilderness mm-hmm. Patrol, a homegrown 42 um, project, actually came in first runner up for the entire global call for code. Absolutely, we were we were really excited about that. So they actually had a uh, they used IBM's Watson platform to. Um, basically find areas uh, through satellite views that were more susceptible to fires through their natural vegetation. And that, that was a really cool project, especially to see them kind of throw that together in such a short amount of time. Um, and I think that really stands to what we really care about. Whenever there's kind of a social good problem or somewhere where we can help a charity or other nonprofit, our students really show up and, and really do well in those scenarios. So how many current students are there? Wow. Uh, I think we had about, you know, 700 before our last start date. Uh, we're basically right now our dorms are our cap. So we have about 600 beds in our dorms and we're fluctuating around there. Right. And that's why if you live in the Silicon Valley area, mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity because although the beds are full, there's still spaces for, in essence, the day program. Absolutely. And it's it's a really cool environment because with 42, we kind of take away all of the different worries you would have because there's no tuition, there's no formal classes or teachers. You can kind of work when is best for you and there, you don't really have to pay. And so it's all based on if you want to go learn something, you're surrounded by a bunch of really motivated peers that are trying to learn the same thing. And um, I'll tell you, because when I talk about 42 and I'm proud to be a mentor to Accelerate, uh, I think that um, when I go to venture capital conferences or other types of investment workshops, um, we start talking about 42. I was at this uh, Sasha Johnson, a famous uh, VC here in Silicon Valley. She has that annual event. A a Berkeley professor who actually, I forget her name, but she's the editor of the UC Berkeley paper. She actually was, the question was, what does she think the future of education and technology will look like? And she said, well, I don't really know, but I know of this school... 42. 
and, and she was trying her best to kind of do the mm-hmm. description, and it's only because of my my working with um, the team at Forty Two Silicon Valley that I actually had a little more education. And I was kind of explaining it, and I got all kinds of folks, even uh, mid career and late career people, asking about it, and it was just very powerful because you have these academics. There's also Stanford professors there that are all saying that from what they heard about Forty Two Silicon Valley and its its model, that mm-hmm. that could be the actual future of education. You know, I, I think especially with computer science, it works really, really well because historically we've always had programmers that are self-taught that have done very, very well in their respective fields. And really all, you know, what we're doing is we're giving people like that a guided path that they, they may not necessarily learn great through the traditional environment, through lectures. And they're able to kind of just find projects that interest them and kind of pick them out on their own and just and go to solve the problems. And I think that's why everything, you know, that we do works really well. You have those people, like you said, even with our students, we have an extreme range of knowledge and background. We have people that are high school dropouts all the way up to PhDs. So, so Josh, great start mm-hmm. to the show. I want to actually give a shout out that if you want to learn more about 42 Silicon Valley, they're actually going to be out of a couple of upcoming events that I'll be at. So the May 31st Silicon Valley Smart City Conference at San Jose City Hall, completely free to the public all day. 42 will be there giving out information. And also June Uh, 4th and 5th at Bespoke at the Westfield Mall in San Francisco. The Tulip Conference 42 will be there as well. If you have any questions or comments, email us at info at svn.biz, and we'll be right back to talk about Accelerate. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Once again, I'm joined with Josh Trujillo of 42 Silicon Valley. 42 Silicon Valley is a completely free software coding academy and as well now is starting its own accelerator. Welcome back, Josh. Thank you. So for the question of the week, Josh, in the last segment, you were just talking about that for 42 Silicon Valley, whether you're a high school dropout or a PhD, that this program could be for you. I want to mm-hmm. also add in how can you be a world champion ballet dancer as well as a 76-year-old. How is it possible that for 42's program that all these disparate people can come together and be successful? I think it's really exciting because all of those different people come from backgrounds, different backgrounds where they can offer unique views, unique opinions, and how they approach problems differently. So, you know, a good, a great example is uh, we have a project called FT Sommelier where someone has to essentially use artificial intelligence to guess the bottle, uh, the rating on a bottle of wine. Someone, someone that has a chemistry background can bring a lot to that project. And if you can be an expert in both chemistry and programming, you know, that, that's, that's a unique skill set and you can teach others around you the same thing. So I think where you see it especially powerful is, you know, maybe it's a, a project you're working on work, uh, you're working on a company and you're developing something for, you know, dancers. And it's a student that was a former ballerina um, or we have a student that's a former pharmacist and, you know, they might go out and develop the work, uh, you know, on the software side of the pharmaceutical industry. And so I think that's really powerful is when you have those intersections between when you're an expert in something else and technology. Thanks, Josh. Going back to what you just said, right? We, uh, we talk a lot, especially here in Silicon Valley, people are getting um, fearful. It used to be outsourcing that my job would be outsourced. Mm-hmm. Now it's going to be artificial intelligence is going to replace my career. Mm-hmm. And we've had people like Bina Amanoff, the head of innovation for HPE, who also has her nonprofit, Humans for AI. Uh, we're about to do a number of shows on robotic process automation. All these people get really scared about this thing. I had just read this article uh, this past week 
that um, all new flavors in drinks, candy, um, anything artificial, that that will all be driven by AI. You won't actually need a person anymore because the food scientist can be replaced because the computer, the algorithm will know better than the person will and what flavor might match a brain pattern and, and be very receptive to somebody. So I want to just tie that into what your answer to the question of the week was, was like, why are all these people so interested in 42 Silicon Valley? I think it's a place where people who, whether um, you're a high school dropout, whether you actually went through college but didn't find the career that you, you, you're looking for, that you can find um, a place at 42 if you have the aptitude. And where people get really scared about do I have the coding skills, I think one thing that we didn't mention um, yet on this show, but we've done it on our past shows about 42 Silicon Valley, which people can download at the Silicon Valley Insider website or Google it, is that not the, the approach to education is, doesn't require a hardcore math degree or a hardcore computer science uh, background either. So let's talk a little bit more because mm-hmm. you went through the program. Why is that? Why do you not need a hardcore math or computer science background to be successful? It's because you know you still necess- you know you might need some of those skills when you're programming projects, but we take a you know a bit of a different approach. So let's say you need you know to use some geometric formula for a pro- uh, graphics project, instead of you know having you sit through a lecture for you know so many hours and then go learn how oh this might work or I might be able to apply it here. We kind of start with that use case. So someone may learn you know uh, may have a project where that is the only solution or the natural solution, but we're going to let them come to that conclusion themselves. And so we're going to let them run into those barriers where, you know, it's it's going to be really hard because they don't understand the math behind it. But those resources are out there and you can learn online. We help people find those. But that's really all it's about is learning how to learn. Everything you need is already out there. It's a matter of how you can find it and how you can collaborate with others. Yeah, that's really cool. That's why I think that um, when we talk about, as we did in the last segment, what the future of technology education looks like, it could very well be the model that 42 Silicon Valley is um, is being offered to the public. Mm-hmm. So I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to talk about Accelerate. Accelerate is the accelerator program at 42. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes what is Accelerate and what makes it special? So Accelerate is our kind of incub- uh, incubator for projects created by 42 students. So whether that is a full-time startup or what we call a Save the World project, we allow students uh, to pitch to a panel of our senior administrators. And if Accepted, they get to work between three to six months full-time on their projects. Um, we don't take any equity, and we give them all of the resources they need and provide mentors to help them be successful. Uh, not only do you not take equity, you also don't take the IP as well. Absolutely not. Uh, that's actually the same with every student. Everything you create in 42 is is your own property. We don't claim any IP. Yeah, and I, th- I think uh, it's, it's really good to reiterate this point because uh, I come across, so I, I spoke in the first segment about how I interact with a lot of the VC community and as either they've heard of 42 or I can talk about 42 and or a few other people know about it. There's a lot of skepticism. People don't understand this mm-hmm. f- what's free, especially in the American culture. It's like if it's completely free, it can't be worth anything. And mm-hmm. then uh, what's the catch? And so the catch is, well, um, the students must be slaves or uh, they must be doing something or somebody's getting paid somewhere or that uh, they're going to lose their IP if they've created um, some product. And now that we're talking not just about the students, but also accelerate that there's still that that skepticism. So um, why don't we reiterate that point? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we we won't take your money. We won't charge you for anything. And I can promise, you know, we won't actually we won't take equity in any companies created at 42. Actually, on a personal note, that was one of my selling points for why I joined. So before I came to 42, um, 
I had my own company that didn't work out called Zimetry, and you know, I I wanted to create something else. And the fact that I saw that I can get the skills to build it and I can actually keep my own company, that was a really powerful message to me. And, and I think it's going to really resonate with uh, either people who are a little bit jaded from corporate culture or people that are avoiding traditional corporations that uh, Molly Chang, a former colleague of mine at Cisco who does career coaching or um, executive coaching, she was talking about this thought about soul-sucking corporations, mm-hmm. that here's an example where um, because of philanthropy, this is a program, whether the School 42 or whether the Accelerator, that it really does empower the student or the startup entrepreneur that uh, they have no fear of um, being sucked dry or losing their um, intellectual property. And I, and I think that's really important, especially for early stage startups where it's a team of technical co-founders. You know, it's early on. You just need the resources to build, you know, the resources and mentors. That's, you know, I think te- taking equity that early would be harmful to a lot of these companies. So what are some of the similarities to a traditional accelerator? So the the format we follow is, is very, very similar. So like that three to six month time frame kind of falls in that normal line. Uh, our structure is, is similar in the sense that we meet once a week. We have meetings. I think Y Combinator has like their Tuesday night dinners. We, we have Monday morning meetings uh, and we, we kind of uh, have our weekly objectives and have the teams really help each other. What adds uh, makes us a little unique is we kind of add a little bit of 42's peer-to-peer aspect into that where the teams actually will uh, peer correct each other throughout the week. So they set goals on Monday, uh, Thursday or Friday when it comes around, they have to reevaluate what they wanted to accomplish during the week. And the, they're actually graded by other teams. And the reason that's so important is, yeah, you know, one team might be building something for state park rangers and the other team might be building something for animal shelters, but they're still going to share a lot of the same problems and interacting with each other that, you know, multiple times a week is going to help them realize that and help each other find those problems and find solutions. Well, Josh, thanks again for being here today. Um, I don't want anyone to go away because we'll be getting into uh, some of the companies that are going through the program as we speak. Uh, Another couple of reminders. If you want more information on 42 Silicon Valley, you can go to their website. 42.us.org. And also they're going to be at two upcoming events that I'll be emceeing. The 2019... San Jose Smart City Conference at San Jose City Hall, May 31st. They'll have a table there. They'll be talking to the public as well as June 4th and 5th at Bespoke at the Westfield Mall in uh, downtown San Francisco at the Tulip Conference. Um, if you have any questions or comments about anything on today's show, you can email us at info at svn.biz. If you want to find me on LinkedIn, I'm Keith Koo. And on Facebook, it's keithkoo.sv. And I'll be right back with more of Josh Trujillo of 42 Silicon Valley and their new Accelerate program. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, I have returning guest Josh Trujillo of 42 Silicon Valley, a completely free coding school, and now also a completely free accelerator if you've got a startup company. On this week's Cyber Tip, I'm going to talk a little bit about trust. Have you ever thought about how much trust you're placing in your systems that you use, whether it's via your mobile device or your home computer, whether you're using online banking accounts, Facebook, Twitter, 
Google, all those things you put a lot of trust in and you have no idea how technical the people behind those systems are. You would think that a Google or Facebook would be extremely adept at keeping you safe. Well, in big news this week, if you are a G Suite user, so this is Google's enterprise applications, so email, their version of PowerPoint, Microsoft Word, it was uncovered that since inception, so like since 2005, they stored your passwords unhashed for years. Now, what does that mean? Well, when you create a password online in an account, you're hoping that the system provider you're using is encrypting that password and keeping it uh, so that you couldn't actually see it. Google's stating that they have encrypted it, but they didn't keep it, quote unquote, in the clear. So if you are a Google employee, perhaps, or somebody who happens to be observing this traffic, you might have picked up what the actual password is. Google actually states that they have not found in an audit any example of this happening, and they since then strengthened their security measures. But it is quite possible that they did not see, or any other company who had the situation would not have seen uh, anyone taking that password if it was being written out in the clear. This also brings me to another story, which is that a partner of Instagram uh, called Chatterbox, C-H-T-R-B-O-X, out of India, they might have exposed 49 million users' personal information. Uh, they're stating that they had full access to that information and they had the right to that information and that no personal information was involved. However, the data to others did contain personal information. And what they're saying is that they get their information from Instagram as a partner, and so it's Instagram's responsibility to keep it safe. This just recall what happened with the whole Facebook scandal last year and ongoing, that these are third-party applications. When you're logging into your phone or your computer and you click on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and you click on another application, oftentimes it's a company that's completely unrelated to the main service provider, except that they're using your data or accessing you in your profile. So this is just a reminder to always be very aware of who you're giving permissions to, what access you're giving to. And if you don't know, you can always go into your accounts like Google and see what permissions you've given. And it's too lengthy for now, but we'll do another show to remind you of how to check whether it's Apple or Google, how to keep yourself safe. And that's the Cyber Tip of the Week. Welcome back to the show. Once again, I'm joined with Josh Trujillo of 42 Silicon Valley and the leader of the new 42 Accelerate program. Welcome again, Josh. Thank you. So Josh, in our first segments, we did a recap of 42 Silicon Valley, the completely free tuition, uh, college level and above coding academy, as well as if you've, if you've got the bed, it's free dorms. And we also talked uh, in the last segment about the Accelerate program, which is the accelerator that doesn't take the student's IP or the entrepreneur's IP and really does empower um, a start for success. So in this segment, I wanted to talk about some of the companies that are currently in the program and some of the companies that have been through already. So why don't we go through some of those examples? No, absolutely. So uh, I'll go through kind of the, the ones in our current batch first. So uh, one of the ones I'm really excited about that will actually be pitching at the Smart Cities Conference is MetaHobby. Um, and so they are a, a game studio focused on puzzle games uh, and strategy games. And so they're actually their first release is out on iOS and Android called Hexcross. Their second one, I believe, is coming out today or tomorrow. It'll probably be out before the, the show airs. Um, and they're really, they're really focused on building really, really fun 
uh, right now mobile, but they're going to be moving to PC soon as well. Games, um, and, and they're, they're a really cool team. Uh, we have Project QPet, which is uh, for those that love pets, it is definitely a cool startup. So they're working actually with animal shelters to help drive pet adoption by bringing um, similar to a Tamagotchi, if anyone's familiar with that. Um, bringing that kind of similar experience and connecting that to real life animals, whether it's cats or dogs currently in shelters and helping drive adoption. So, you know, that's more of one of those save the world projects where it's much, it's a humanitarian focus, but we put them with the startups because they have to still think about sustainability. Um, another really cool project we have right now is work, uh, with a, with you. So W U R K, um, and they're a project management software it's uh, the uh, it took the idea behind uh, what's Git for those that are in the programming industry or any kind of place in the software industry. You probably use Git a lot, and they wanted to bring that functionality to more pro- uh, traditional project management software and make it easier for technical and non technical teams to communicate across uh, communicate with each other, which was really really cool. And what's great about them is they actually started as a company by talking to two hundred product managers and figuring out what's wrong with the current software. <laughs> So question mm-hmm. for that, because you I was just about to ask and you started um, answering, is how do they come up with their ideas? Is it more like what you just said, they're actually looking or interacting with product managers, or mm-hmm. is there a number of ways that people come up with their ideas? So it's it's always different. You know, a, a lot of the ideas start as side projects because it's, it's a programming school. A lot of students always have their side projects that they're working on, and a lot of times projects come when one kind of explodes a little bit. They get freaked out and are like, you know, what are the next steps? Should I make this a real business or should I keep it a side project? So a, lo- a lot of our startups come that way. A lot of them also come where I mentioned earlier we have students that are an expert in programming and something else. And that's where a lot of a lot of our startups come from as well. So QPET, for example, um, both of their co-founders studied animal science before they came to 42. And so uh, a lot of that is personal connection as well. So um, I know of uh, some of the and I don't remember if they're in the current batch or the former batch, but I know that some of these companies are, are doing pretty well. Exactly. Yeah. So how's Six Figure doing? Or we should actually talk about what Six Figure is. Mm-hmm. So Six Figure is, I guess, a career uh, analytics platform. So they help you see uh, folks that are from your similar background and where they, you know, t- the, kind of similar backgrounds from where you are now and where they are 10 to 15 years later. And they help you make that connection. They also all, uh, offer a bunch of other really cool features. So the most recent one they launched is layoffs. So you can actually see up- upcoming layoffs. And they don't mean to scare anyone about that. It's all about... You can see companies that are, you know, doing that in the next 30 to 60 days and, you know, prepare just in case or figure out what's out there, the next steps. Um, they also um, really provide a lot more mentorship platforms. So they try to connect you with those that it might be 10 to 15 years ahead. They have been growing super fast, you know, the last six to eight months. Um, and it's it's been a lot of momentum. They've been really fun to watch. Uh, Vinod is basically lives in the lab, always has a million things going on. Yeah, no, I'm going to have six figure on the show. I think mm-hmm. it's uh, back to what we talked about in an earlier segment, people being fearful of being uh, replaced by artificial intelligence or losing their job or not keeping up the skill set. Mm-hmm. I think that a tool like six figure really gives you the predictive engine for your own take back control of your own career. So knowing that you're in a concurrent career trajectory for whatever you studied and that you see the layoffs potentially or you see where the pivot in the the way that job is going to go, mm-hmm. you can take the steps now. And then also, if you're in a in a demand role, you can see what other people um, are making similarly, and you can then use that as a negotiation tool as you're looking at um, your current company or your next company. 
And, and one of the really cool features they actually have is the automation factor. So they can help predict if a certain job is more of a threat or less of a threat to be automated in the next 15, 20 years. And, and like I said before, it's not to scare anyone. It's, it's really meant to give employees information because the more information you have, the, the better career you're going to have long term. Yeah, and I think uh, fear is natural because people um, are always fearful of the unknown. Mm-hmm. So for people to understand that people like Vinod and Six Figure are working on tools to give them uh, kind of that reassurance or the the tools to um, map up a career path, that, mm-hmm. that's actually very powerful. Absolutely. it's all they're, they're really about rethinking the future of work. So what are some of the other companies? So another one that's been uh, really exciting to follow is Wilderness Patrol. So we, we talked about them briefly earlier uh, in the show, and kind of their core product is making software to help state park rangers uh, keep the trails clean, uh, free of debris, free of fallen trees, and all you know all, all the other similar problems. Actually, a, a surprising problem they realized when they were developing the app is abandoned cars in, in state parks. That's a shockingly and sad, uh, shockingly and also a sad problem that a lot of parks have. And so. They have been betaing it with the Santa Cruz division recently, um, and they're about to start bringing it out to parks around the country. So that's uh, that's been really really fun to watch. And having the the small win at call for or big win at call for code um, was really really good from the momentum. And I'm really excited excited to see you know the next three months how they continue to expand. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of excitement for Wilderness Patrol. What I really liked about the team, since I was really involved with the Call for Code initiative is mm-hmm. that uh, homegrown 42, but also an international team because it wasn't just uh, 42 Silicon Valley. It was a visiting student from 42 Paris mm-hmm. as, as a key member of the team and that um, the support they're getting globally for that initiative, it, it might be here in Santa Cruz, but it's actually going um, around uh, the world. So actually it's it's been fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually on that note with going around the world, um, one of the other companies that's going to be pitching at the, the, uh, the Smart Cities Conference is called Kafali Pay, and and they're really exciting as well. It's a blockchain uh, solution to really uh, help ferment its payments. So they're right now they're focused between um, helping people send money between here um, and Eastern African countries, but they're going to be adding more countries um, that are heavily remittance markets soon. Yeah, and I I, I know Kafali Pay and I OPSA who leads that effort. I think what was really interesting is that when people think about remittance and we're thinking about they still think electronic, but they don't mm-hmm. realize like places like sub-Saharan Africa, mm-hmm. there isn't even electricity. So you got to think about how do you solve that last mile when we're all thinking, how do we get to a mobile phone? How do we get to online banking? This is like walking into a physical facility and getting remittance from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, people don't realize how much of the world is still not plugged in. And the crazy thing that I, uh, following also that I realized too, is a lot of these places might have two competing remittance providers. And it, the difference is literally a four hour, four hours out of your day to go to one place versus the other, and the fact that you know the people sending money in the U.S. may not have a choice of who they send it through is is a big problem. And uh, just to go build on that is that it's not like the U.S. where we actually, although we encourage competition, we don't encourage like outrageous differentiation in fees. And so in that example, with two different remittance providers two completely different pay structures and you could mm-hmm. lose an arm and a leg by choosing the wrong one. And you also actually have to also pay the, the merchants when you go to pick up your money. There's an additional fee at that storefront. Well, Josh, thanks again for being here today to talk about what's going on 42 and 42 Accelerate. I'm very proud to be one of the mentors of the program. If you have any questions or comments about 42 Silicon Valley, the school, you can email us at info at svn.biz or come to the 42 website. 42.us.org. Or see us at the upcoming shows, the May 31st San Jose Smart City Conference and the June 4th and 5th 
Tulip Conference in San Francisco. We'll be right back to close the show on The Pivot. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. I'm joined in the studio today with Josh Trujillo of 42 Silicon Valley. Thanks again, Josh. I appreciate it. Uh, On today's show, we talked about 42 Silicon Valley. We talked about the Accelerate program. And now we're going to talk about the pivot. And what's really interesting is 42 Accelerate, their incubator program, Josh, it didn't really start off as an incubator. It did not. So um, it started off as, I guess, a project incubator is is a good verbiage for it. We didn't really have anything in the beginning. But uh, the idea behind Accelerate originally was actually something called Rabbit Cloud. And it was a way for students that had a specific project they wanted to make, whether it be the save the world category or just other, whatever other meant, um, that wanted to learn a very specific skill and get a job in that industry. Um, we gave them the resources and uh, gave them three months to really focus on building that out. So originally it was not, you know, startups that were applying to join Rabbit Cloud. Um, we actually had our, our very first batch, uh, a delivery driver companion app that really just started because the founders wanted to make an uh, object recognition tool um, for the, uh, those that were former delivery drivers to help keep track of their tips. Uh, we had a project supporting the Go language, if anyone's familiar with that programming language. And then over time, um, we just we saw more and more startups, and that just seemed to be where the need was. Um, that's I can't promise I didn't have a little bit of you know, guidance there. I, I'm a little biased towards creating startups. And so over, over time, it just kind of became Accelerate and had more and more of a focus on, you know, actually creating startups and creating companies. But yeah, we didn't really originally start with that idea. So uh, just as a reminder, if you're just tuning in, the 42 Silicon Valley is a completely free coding school started by a French billionaire, Xavier Neal, who is the telecom uh, giant of France and how 42 Paris was the original campus, mm-hmm. and how through, uh, I think, three years now in Silicon Valley, that what is now 42 Accelerate Incubator is kind of a natural progression that although the school is completely free, the dorms are free if there's a bed, the 42 Accelerate program also does not um, charge a startup as well as doesn't take any equity and also doesn't keep any of the intellectual property. Absolutely. It's it's a really good deal. It sounds like a great deal. And I, I think the one caveat, just so people mm-hmm. are clear, you have to be a 42 Silicon Valley alumni or student in order to become a 42 Accelerate startup. Absolutely. You have to have co- at least at least a co-founder from 42. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's always a, yes, so mm-hmm. that makes sense. So then um, how was it, how was the cell internally to go from a project incubator into something that's actually officially part of 42? You know, it's it's crazy. It, it was wasn't you know one direct sale. It was kind of over time. Where I think I maybe originally I said we had those one or two for profit companies. So Corius, the the delivery driver app, that was our first. I believe our first uh, project that kind of turned into an actual company. I believe the app is still on the app store and it's been open sourced. I, I could be wrong there, but uh, we just saw more and more projects naturally come as business ideas, and and we figured uh, we wanted to kind of help support those. And the way we do that is helping support the startup. So we slowly started bringing in more mentors like yourself. We created more of a a business-oriented curriculum where we were teaching people how to pitch, um, how to sell, how to raise money, and all all of those things. And so it wasn't, you know, one one pitch necessarily. It was just a a progression over the course of a year. Okay. Well, you know, that was one question I have, right? So Mm -hmm. um, 
I'm not necessarily tied to the traditional four-year college program, but in absence of that, because I know that 42 has a wide range of students, whether you're a high school dropout, whether you're a PhD, we talked about um, a world champion ballet dancer and a 76-year-old retiree. What about those who really didn't go through a traditional four-year university system and that they don't have all the classes to a well-rounded traditional education? Um, How are they prepared when they go from 42 the school to 42 Accelerate, I mean, they're, they're mentors, but what mm-hmm. are some of the resources that they have? Absolutely. So, you know, we try to bring in mentors where in areas that 42 doesn't necessarily teach. So whether that's project management or bringing in um, people, like I said earlier, with sales, uh, with other things, a lot of it's like that. But a lot of it's also, you know, getting people that are formerly uh, former tech entrepreneurs and have kind of transitioned into, into business roles. I think that's really powerful to teach because a lot of people don't necessarily have that experience of, you know, the developers, they want to keep developing, but there comes a point where like 30% of your time, someone's going to have that talk where, yeah, I know you like developing, but you need to focus on actually going to get sales now. And that's always, I think, a a tough lesson to teach. Yeah. Well, what was funny is that the tech news earlier in the show, I talked about how there's a university, Northeastern, that now requires all of their computer science students to take an improv class before they graduate. Mm -hmm. What's your thought about that? You know, I, I think it's actually a really good idea, um, at least at least the process behind it. So one of the things we always say that we teach um, is the soft skills, where it's not part of our curriculum. There's no projects really for that. But when you have peer-to-peer corrections, when you're talking to executives walking through, if you can represent yourself in, in a very esteemed way and you can talk about, you know, the solutions you're building to someone that's much more technical than you, as well as someone that's in a you know, uh, not technical at all. That's an extremely, extremely valuable skill set. And I think, you know, teaching people those soft skills, even if, you know, like like dancing or other things, those are actually pretty applicable to programming, I think. Right. And I think that's what I really liked about the times I visit 42 is that it is peer-to-peer, the ability to lean on your peer group for the answers. You actually have to go out of your way. You can't just put your head in a book or stare at a computer screen. You actually have to force yourself to Mm -hmm. interact with people, Mm -hmm. relationships, which is what the world is driven by, in order to get your project completed. Yeah, I would say if there's one thing you need to be successful, it's it's that self-motivation and that drive. Well, Josh, uh, best wishes to you in the 42 Accelerate program. Thanks again for being here today. Come back anytime. Um, Thank you so much, Keith, for having me on again. And uh, if you have any questions or comments about 42, go to the website. 42.us.org. Or email us at info at svn.biz. And we hope to see you at the 2019 Smart City Conference in San Jose City Hall, May 31st, and the Tulip Conference, June 4th and 5th at Bespoke at Westfield Center, San Francisco. And I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846, 888-828-SVIN. 